Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. Today on Focus on the Family, Shanti Feldhahn shares some simple ways to improve your marriage, like this. Another um, little sign that really mattered to show your love for your wife was things like texting her or leaving her voicemail during the day. Just, you know, how much you care about her and you, if what the women said is if literally you'll take 10 seconds and send that text message right when you're thinking of it to say, you know, I can't wait to come home to you. I love you so much. It'll take you 10 seconds. But the women said things like, I saved that voicemail, (laughs) you know, it, because it's a little thing guys, but it really does matter. You'll hear more ideas from our guests that you can try today. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, as we explained last time, Shanti Feldhahn has spent years studying uh, research findings from thousands of married couples and has interviewed hundreds of couples who have extremely strong and happy relationships. Uh, Shanti believes that the best way to have a good marriage is to copy what happy couples are already doing, and that's what she is sharing with us again today. And if you missed part one of Shanti's presentation last time, uh, get in touch with us. We can send you the entire message on CD or an audio download, or you can get the Focus on the Family app for your smartphone. It's all available at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family. This is a very encouraging message for couples who are in a pretty good place but just need a little tune-up. If you need more serious help, please give us a call and we'll help you navigate that. Yeah, and again, the number to contact is 800, the letter A, and the word family. And let me mention that this content is covered in Shanti's book, which we have here, The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. Well, here's Shanti Feldhahn speaking at a convened conference for Christian business leaders in Southern California on today's Focus on the Family. Okay, next topic, next little thing that we found, next secret of the happy couples that I want to tackle. Um, This one actually cracked me up because this is a perfect example of where what the happy couple said to do sometimes was at complete odds with what they actually did. When Jeff and I were doing the research, um, you know, we would, one of the ways that we would arrange interviews was if we were going to speak in a particular city, we would tell the, um, the organizer, you know, the honorarium, the travel expenses, like we'd go through all of that. And oh, by the way, because we're in the middle of this research project, one of the other things we need to do is to have you arrange three or four interviews, hour-long interviews, with one of the couples in your church that's the most happily married couple um, that we can interview. And we just would dig into their lives and what their story was. And we wanted to get over, at the very beginning, before we dug into what their habits were, we wanted to find out what their advice was. Because these happily married couples are asked for their advice all the time. And so we wanted to get it out on the table, sort of get it over with. Like, what do you think your secrets of why you're so happily married are? Which was, you know, helpful. But almost always one of the top three was, it's really important to not go to bed mad. 
It's really, really important to not go to bed mad. And so I would always say, oh, yes, um, absolutely, I totally agree, but um, do you ever go to bed mad? Well, it's a really important principle, you know, and we tell the young couples that when we do premarital counseling, you know, it's like, no, 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 I get it. I get that it's a really important principle, but that's not actually what I'm asking, Mr. and Mrs. Happy Couple. What I really want to know is whether you personally, do you ever go to bed mad? Well, you know, sometimes when we tell people this, and it's like, no, no, I get it. And then finally, we would say, no, I just want to know, do you go to bed mad? And they always said yes. We found out of a, there were a thousand couples in this study group, we found three of the happy couples that said they never went to bed mad. Because in reality, what they had learned is that there were times where you have two upset, exhausted, angry people who are trying to duke something out at one in the morning. At some point, nothing good is going to come from that point on, right? And then we found what I thought was one of the biggest aha moments, the most important pieces of this puzzle. It turns out the most important thing isn't what they did the night before. The most important thing is what they did the next day. It turns out that when you wake up in the morning, half the time, you're kind of find that having a good night's sleep sort of solved the thing. And you wake up and you're like, what was that about? (laughs) Right? But they found that if that issue was still there the next day, the happy couples didn't let it go. They addressed it. Now, I will tell you that this was an occasion of great angst for me as I was recognizing what I was hearing. Because in every single one of these other studies, what we found through this rigorous scientific approach backed up what the Bible had said all along. We found the exact same thing scripture has been saying all along. And suddenly, in this one, I was really conflicted because all of those happy couples all referenced Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? It's really important to not let the sun go down on your anger. They all said that. And so I was really wrestling with this as both a social scientist and a follower of Jesus. And finally, a pastor who was also a counselor, when I was explaining how conflicted I was, he started laughing. He was like, I need to show you something. And he pulled out that verse in Ephesians in his his old-fashioned printed Bible as opposed to the ones that's on your phone, right? He pointed to that verse and he said, look at that little carrot. You know how sometimes you see in the Bibles, there's a little star or a little cross and it references to another scripture. There's a tie there. I had never noticed this before, but Paul, when he was saying this, he was actually quoting a verse in the Old Testament. He was quoting a verse in the Psalms to his audience, which his audience would have been very familiar with. And the context of the overall verse is, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay? He was quoting Psalms 4.4. You can go look it up. He was quoting Psalms 4.4. Psalms 4.4 says, in your anger, do not sin. Think about it overnight and remain silent. And so the apparent issue is, in your anger, don't sin. If you need to duke it out at one in the morning to not sin in your anger, do that. But if you need to think about it overnight so you don't sin in your anger, do that. 
Because that was one of the things that a lot of the happy couples had found is that somebody would say something that they regretted the next morning. Someone would agree to something that they felt like railroaded into and they'd resent it the next day. And that in reality, that there is a benefit in waiting and actually getting a good night's sleep and that if the issue is still there, to deal with it. Now, I will make a little note to all the husbands in the room. For your wife, if the equivalent of the black cloud of doom is hanging over your head when it's late at night and you're arguing, you may be able to click that off and go to sleep. She's going to be staring at the ceiling all night, okay? It's really important before you go to sleep to resolve that by being able to say, look, we're okay. We just, I need to sleep, but we're okay. So just a quick note about that. Okay, moving on. Next topic that we found was really, really impactful. So um, I want to tell you an example of um, a couple that we talked to who did something, and I'm going to ask you to diagnose. I'm going to tell you this little story. I'm going to ask you to diagnose what he was doing. So I would always ask these couples, it was kind of fun actually, the happy couples, I would always ask them to take me through their last argument, (laughs) their last fight, and hope that, you know, we weren't causing marriage problems when they drove away (laughs) from talking to us. Um, But one of the guys, this was a very typical situation. He, he, when we said, take us through a last fight, he said, I'll just tell you something that's happened a few days ago. He had apparently been working really long hours, like 70, 80 hour weeks, because his company was trying to land this um, big deal, this big contract. And he, it, it was all culminating in, on Thursday morning, at like six o'clock in the morning, he was gonna get on the plane and go to some other city and sign this massive contract. So weeks and weeks and weeks, Thursday morning, he was going to get onto a plane. On Wednesday, he had been working so many hours, he hadn't had a time to get to the dry cleaners. And so he had no clean shirts for this trip. Um, And so his wife, they had three little kids. And so he he called his wife multiple times and said, look, are you sure you're going to be able to get to the dry cleaners? Because if you can't, I can, but I have to because I have no shirts for this trip. And she's like, yes, honey, yes, it's fine. And he's like, are you sure? He called her three times to offer three times because he said she could be a little scatterbrained and forget the things and running around with the kids. And she said, no, no, I got it, I got it. He said, I arrived home at 10 o'clock at night to find the dry cleaners was closed and she'd forgotten to get the shirts. And he said, I was so mad. I said, okay, what'd you do? He's like, this is when I always have to diagnose what's going on. He's like, you know, you don't even want to know what I was thinking. I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) I want to know exactly what you're thinking. And so here's what he said he did. He's like, I went stomping downstairs. I was so upset. Apparently he does um, carpentry, like as sort of a a way of like a hobby or whatever. So he said, I went stomping downstairs to my workshop and I'm down there with the pieces of wood and I've got a rubber mallet and I'm pounding in the wood together. And I'm like, okay, what are you thinking? And he said, I'm thinking I'm so furious because I asked her three times and she does this all the time. And he was like explaining this. And then he said, but that's not really fair because I know the kids were sick and the baby was 
you know, needing to go to the doctor, and then she had to stand in line at the pharmacist's office and then have to go all the way across town for the other medicines, and, you know, he's going on and on and on. And, and then, you know, she had still had to go to the grocery store and make us dinner, and she always makes us dinner no matter what's going on. Every night she makes sure to make dinner no matter how late I'm home, and she's such a good wife, and why am I being such a jerk? Do you see what he did? Diagnose for me, what did he just do? wasn't just that he forgave her. He started thinking about the positive to talk himself out of being mad. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. Order your subscription today at briomagazine.ca. That's briomagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-A-FAMILY. Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. John Avery Whitaker is an incredible guy, but have you ever wondered what makes wit, wit? Find out in the new Young Wit book series from Focus on the Family. In book number one, nine-year-old John Avery Whitaker moves to a new town, makes new friends, faces a new bully, and solves a 70-year-old mystery. Young Wit and the Trader's Treasure is available at focusonthefamily.ca. That's shop.focusonthefamily.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. That's something that we found the happy couples did, not universally, but in huge numbers, that they focused on the things that were good and excellent and lovely and worthy of praise rather than the things that were worthy of driving them crazy. Ephesians 4.8. Excuse me. Philippians 4.8. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Sorry. Philippians 4.8. In the middle of something that was a legitimate concern, they focused on the good things to talk themselves out of being mad. This was, to me, this was a powerful, powerful um, surprise, a powerful mechanism, because it is so easy for us when we are upset, legitimately upset, and legitimately angry, we can, it's not just that we can stew on something, it's truly that we can talk ourselves further and further and further into being upset about this, and further and further and further into hopelessness, when instead an answer can be as close as finding the good that is there all along and focusing on that, even though this other thing is still out here, focusing on that thing that's going to change our minds, that's every bit as real as the thing that's driving us crazy. 
incredibly important for us to sort of put that type of thinking cap on when we're upset. And the problem is, is when we're upset is when we least want to do that, right? When we're upset is when it's really easy to want to wallow in being upset. So the question is, do you want to wallow or do you want a happy marriage? Because it looks like those two things are mutually exclusive. And it makes all the difference in the world if you will focus on the positive. I'll give you a little example of this. So Jeff, um, we have had many marriage issues in years past because I am unfortunately in our marriage, I am the messy one and Jeff is the neat one. And so for any of you women out here who are the neat ones and you're frustrated that your husband is messy at times, can I just beg for grace on the part of the messy person in the relationship? Um, because it, it's just not a thing for me. It's just, I didn't get that gene. Um, and I, I hope my mom never sees this video, but like my mom is the most amazing, wonderful human being on the planet, but she didn't know how to keep things neat either, so I never learned it. Literally, when I was 12 years old, we were out walking the neighborhood, and um, we came home to find police cars in front of our home. And another neighbor, a friend, had come over to have a cup of coffee or something and had called the police because she thought our house had been ransacked. (laughs) I never learned how to keep a neat house. And I try. It's not that bad. (laughs) You know, I try. But it would drive Jeff absolutely crazy that I would pile up mail on the island or whatever, or, you know, the kid's... Legos and toys would be over the you know living room floor, or my shoes would be sitting in the kitchen where they had no right to be, or whatever. And it would just bug him so much. And he would pray and ask God, help me figure out how to deal with this. And then one day, he felt like the Lord said, look at those Legos. Look at those shoes. Look at that mail stacked up on the island. Yeah, that drives you crazy, but that's a sign that you have a wonderful wife who adores you and two little kids who think you are the best thing ever. And you could be living in a perfectly neat, pristine apartment back in Boston and be all alone. And he said it completely took away that (laughs) that malaise, that black cloud of doom that was about that issue. And I would encourage you guys, whatever that issue is that drives you crazy, when you get into an argument, stop yourself the next time and look for those things that are excellent and lovely and worthy of praise and focus on that. You'll find that it actually stops that train of thought even before it gets started. Okay, final thing. So one one of the other topics really simple, um, is that we found that no matter what the happy couples, how they viewed each other, all the things that they did, one of the primary things that they considered about the other person was they considered that their spouse was their best friend. And no matter what, they treated their spouse first and foremost like a best friendship. Now, studies have been done on what makes somebody best friends. 
What are the, the things that actually make you able to be best friends with somebody? The great, and the studies have found the greatest predictor of friendship is absolutely not what you would think it is. If I were to ask you guys, the greatest predict, what do you think the greatest predictor of friendship is? You'd probably say the same things that I did. Because I, I would have said, I don't know, you know shared attitudes, um, similar temperaments, similar values, you know, those kinds of things. And instead, those are a distant second, third, and fourth. The number one predictor of friendship is geographic proximity. You are the best friends of the people that you see the most often. And we all know that's true because we've all had really, really close friends who moved away or we moved away. And you still care about each other. You still love each other, but you just don't see each other as often. You're just not as, you're not as intimate. You're not as close. And it works the exact same way in marriage is that the most happily married couples, regardless, and they were, there were couples who were deployed, there were couples who traveled away from each other for business all the time in this group, regardless of what their lifestyle was, they made it a point to treat each other like best friends who had to see each other or talk or communicate often in order to keep their friendship with each other tight. And this is honestly one of the things that happens when you get into tension with the other person. It's really easy to want to avoid the other person so you avoid the conflict. And actually, that's the worst thing that you can do. The happy couples, instead of avoiding the temptation to avoid each other, they spent more time together, not less, to rebuild their friendship. Um, Final little example, I was talking to one of the women who had been in a really, really troubled marriage. I mean, to the point that they were really seriously considering divorce, and the only thing keeping them together was they had three little kids, and they didn't want to give up on this vow they'd made before God. And she said, I looked at our calendar, and I looked at how much time each week, these three little kids were very busy, And uh, they were very busy. She said, I looked at how much time each week we spent together just talking, just hanging out as friends, the way we used to, kind of. Not dealing with, you know, schedules and logistics, but just talking. She said it was about 15 minutes a week. And she's like, no wonder we're having these marriage problems. We're not even friends anymore. We don't even like each other. And so she looked at her schedule and she said, what can I do to change it? And there was very little without rearranging everything. But she realized twice a week, her husband took their seven-year-old to t-ball practice twice a week. And she said, there is no reason in the world that I have to load up the two younger children to drive with him to t-ball twice a week, except that is 20 minutes there on the way and 20 minutes back twice a week. And she said at the beginning, that is all she changed. And it completely changed their marriage because they were now spending that extra 40 minutes, those two days, just talking and sharing and catching up. And they started to like each other again. And that one thing allowed the spark of a lot of the other things that had to happen in order to restore their marriage. I would really encourage you um, to look from, if you have a good marriage and want to make it great, Spend more time together. If you have a marriage that's struggling in some areas, spend more time together, just as friends. You'll see the difference that it makes. Um, So I really uh, thank you guys for coming to this. I know we're out of time. I really, really hope that you guys will realize out of everything that we've said, let me just leave you with this note, this thought. 
Everything that we've said, I hope you see how incredibly simple these things are. Even just one of them will make a big difference. So my suggestion for you is pick one. Don't try to do them all. Just pick one and you'll see the difference that it makes. And that concludes our presentation on Focus on the Family featuring Shanti Feldon. John, this has been such a great uh, two-part message from Shanti. Uh, Let me recap the main points for those who tuned in late. Uh, Based on her research with thousands of married couples, Shanti offered these simple ideas to improve your marriage. Uh, For wives, she noted that men need to feel respected and appreciated, so thanking your husband for everyday tasks is very important. Saying things like, thank you for changing that light bulb, boy, that one hits home, (laughs) actually benefits your marriage. Uh, Shanti also noted that men have an emotional need to feel sexually desired by their wives. It's not just a physical thing, so wives need to think of that as a high priority. For husbands, uh, Shanti explained that most women feel very insecure about how lovable they are. So whenever there's tension or conflict in your relationship, it's important for men to reassure their wives that they still love them in spite of the current difficulty. Shanti provided some great insights into the Bible verse that says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, which results in lots of couples fighting until the wee hours of the morning. A pastor pointed out that's actually a reference to Psalm 4, 4, which says, in your anger, do not sin. Think about it overnight and remain silent. He said the emphasis is on not sinning when you're angry, and it's okay to think about it overnight if that's what you need. And Shanti found that most of the extremely happy couples were able to do exactly that, set the argument aside for the night and sleep on it. That is really good advice. And I think uh, certainly we experienced some of that dynamic where we felt obligated to fix the conflict right then and there and to work it out even though we were too tired to think straight or to feel right. Well, exactly. Uh, Shanti also pointed out that we can talk ourselves into being mad at our spouse by stewing about mm. their faults, or we can talk ourselves out of being angry by remembering their best characteristics. We can choose to emphasize the positive in our marriage, is her point. And Shanti's uh, final example was that we should treat our spouse like we would our best friend and press into the relationship when times are tough. Uh, we need to resist the temptation to punish our spouse by avoiding them and creating distance in our marriage. That is never helpful. Well, I'd say she's right based on uh, my own personal experience, <laughs> right. Well, I like that best friend analogy because if you treat your spouse like your best friend, you will give them the benefit of the doubt because you trust them. That's why you're best friends. And of course, we're talking here about marriages that are generally healthy, not abusive. If you're in that kind of situation, uh, please give us a call for a free consultation with one of our caring Christian counselors. Yeah, we have lots of help here for that kind of a situation. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Uh, Resources as well, uh, and you can reach out online at focusonthefamily.ca. 
And let me encourage everyone to visit us online and check out our free marriage assessment tool. It's a fun quiz that will help you identify the strengths and the weaknesses of your relationship so that you can enhance your marriage in the areas that you need help in. Almost one million people have taken the assessment, and we're so glad we can provide insights into relationships and supply follow-up resources that will help. That's only possible because of the generosity of you, our donors. We are so thankful for you. And if you'd like to support marriages through Focus on the Family Canada, let me encourage you to become a monthly donor. Any amount, large or small, is a great way to help families across Canada. And when you get in touch with us, ask about how you can get your copy of Shanti's wonderful book, The Surprising Secrets of Highly Happy Marriages. It is so chock full of simple, helpful ideas like you heard today. Yeah, and you can do that when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, uh, 800-232-6459, or donate and request your copy of Shanti's book at focusonthefamily.ca. Remember to check out our free marriage assessment when you're uh, at our website. It really is uh, illuminating about where you're doing well in your relationship and maybe an area or two of growth. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. Christ.